the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. Freedom in Christ, Session 10. Growing in Maturity. The main reading is Ephesians chapter 4. Instantaneously, because we receive that from the Lord, but the maturity, that's a different kettle kind of fish. Now, of course, the first thing that growth, it should be, in one sense, natural to Christians. Why? Because God is in the business of changing us and becoming more like Him. The sad thing about it is it's not automatic, is it? As we said so many times, it, there's personal responsibility and personal um, uh, interaction with the Lord, and we're going to look at that tonight because God wants us to be. He don't want us. He doesn't want us to grow old. He wants us to grow up. And um, you know, there's nothing worse than uh, uh, immature people, but nothing worse than immature Christians as well. Because then the Lord can't really breathe, can't move, and, and we're always on eggshells in a sense of, of, of being clear and with the Lord and with each other. Now, I, thankfully, the Bible is full of instances. We come to the first one, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. worldly mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? And are you not acting like mere humans? So, he's, he's really challenging. Now, this was not a new church. As it says there, we don't expect to be mature instantly, do we? There's a, there's a growth, and uh, it's good to ask our questions. Do we think we're as mature as we should be? And most of us have been on the walk in the road for a long time, uh, some longer than others. And it's good to challenge ourselves. Where are we? And we'll look at maybe the, the, the signs of maturity and signs of immaturity in a minute um, to see where we are. But we know, he said, look, you were jealousy, there was quarreling, you were worldly, worldly thinking, uh, worldly attitudes. And he said, I wanted to give you solid food, but you're still on milk. Um, and of course, um, when, there we have a, a picture of a baby drinking milk. And of course, they're quite, quite cute, aren't they? And uh, we'll see our last verse tonight is 1 Peter 2. Desire, crave, but you see, there's a step up, isn't it? We, we don't keep giving our kids milk. We give them milk plus, and we build the diet up, and we, then we give them pureed food and then we start chucking it into them and if they staying up all night we make sure they have a big meal before they don't care how, how young they are they can have some solids they're going to take it um, the sad thing is sometimes uh, if their stomach is not used to it what happens indeed yes it comes back up pretty quick uh, because they've not built up um, but the sad thing is as uh, the trouble is many people are like that grown-ups still drinking milk and it doesn't look so cute then does it uh it's not so good at all well what are the main barriers to growing up to maturity 
Um, 2 Peter 1. That's a great, we've read this many times. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 11. His divine power has given us everything we need for life. And godliness through our knowledge of him who told us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them we may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness and love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is short-sighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been claimed from the past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make the calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. That's a, a, you see, we have all the resources already and available for us. He's put it in us. That's why he says, work out that which is within you. Now, of course, as we said, it is um, maturity. There's this, a process of growth that continues throughout our lives as we apply ourselves to knowing God and his word. As we apply ourselves, you see, there's a personal responsibility. We apply ourselves. We take God's word and we live it. We'll, so, we'll look at that in a moment. But it, it's, that's a process. Now, our freedom is not a process. That's a position. Now, we, all the last few weeks and months, really, we've been looking at who we are in Christ. That because of who Jesus is, because of what he's done, we can be free. We don't need to be bound. We don't need to be uh, lied to by the devil because that's a position. So we don't work for that. Oh, there's not a process going on there. As, as uh, Revel- uh, Romans 12, one says, uh, I beseech you because of the mercy of God to surrender. Give you, present your body as living sacrifice. Surrender is the act, isn't it? There's, the, there's the, um, the position, if you like. But then he, go, he says, be not conformed, but be transformed. Now that's a, a lifelong process, isn't it? Because our minds are always being renewed, and it's certainly always being attacked by the world. And of course, in the Corinthian church here, um, uh, their past and their background was um, uh, grabbing hold of them. You see, the, the past was they were freed slave. They had slavery, freedoms from slavery. They'd bought their way out. And of course, there was a bit of um, independence about them, wasn't it? A, a little bit of, look at me. Well, look what I've done. And that's always a problem because uh, that's going to come to back and bite you. And of course, in, in the Greek world, there was always, uh, that's where we, had, where we get democracy from, isn't it? Which, um, uh, when it comes to God, there's no such thing. Uh, when it comes to people, that's a different matter. When it comes to God, God knows best, and, and we don't debate with God. God, what do you think? And we'll have a little vote on this, and God says, this is the way, walk this way. Um, so, and of course, that was always, always a problem, and rises up uh, within us. So, but now, your freedom, our freedom and maturity are inextricably linked. If we, if we do not first take hold of our freedom, we cannot be mature. Why? Because all those things crop up. That's why there, jealousy, quarreling, which was um, uh, something in the past they've never dealt with, and forgiveness, issues, they'd not sorted out. But 
God longs for us um, to be free. We know that. We've got Christ's victory. And we are either free or bound in any area of our lives. Now, um, first thing, not taking personal responsibility. Um, and that's nothing new, is it? We go right back to the beginning of time. And uh, what do we, we did it the other day, didn't we? What's the first thing we do? We deny. Oh, no, we didn't do anything wrong. Then we defend. Um, ah, but look, 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 at the, look at the issues. And then we deflect. Adam said it was that woman who sent you. And, and, and so we don't, even today, we're always excusing. Oh, he did it because of this, this issue and that issue. Well, of course, there's always circumstances. But ultimately, we are the product of our choices. You see, we're the product of our choices. When we stand before the Lord, it'll be me and me alone. And I can make excuses for saying this and that doesn't make any difference. See, my response is my responsibility. And my, I, am the sub, I am the product of my choices. So um, we, can't, we can't blame anybody. Now, there we are. No one else can repent or believe for you. No one else can forgive for you. No one else can submit to God for you. We have to choose for ourselves to take a to take God at his word and stand firm. Now, of course, we all got family and we'd love to believe for them. We'd love to repent for them, but we can't. Now, there's an interesting, um, and people could get mixed up. If you go to Galatians 6, it says now, bear one another's burdens. And then uh, two verses down, it says, carry your own burden. And, he, and I say, well, Paul making it, what's he, Paul? Of course, there are two different words going on there, two different burdens. The one is when we have weaknesses and weights, we help each other, don't we? We help each other. But when it comes to my personal walk with the Lord, I cannot walk it for you. Neither can you walk my walk. Now, we need each other to help us with the weaknesses and weights we have. But my walk and your walk is your personal responsibility. And that's sometimes... We, we, we are living, certainly in our world, are we? Is it always someone else's fault? Isn't it? Ah, no, it wasn't my fault. No, it's always someone else. What's it? Extenuating circumstances. Well, when we stand before the Lord, there's no such thing. There will be no such thing as extenuating circumstances. It'll be you and him. And he says, what have you done? Where have you been? How much? No, you've built. But what have you built? Galatians, Galatians 5 is verse 1 and then verse 7 to 9. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Ye did not run well, who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole land. See, God's given us all we need. That's why he continually says, stand firm, be strong. Um, <laughs> sometimes, again, as we said the other day, we want um, uh, someone just to say a word over us, to pray over us. Well, there's, there's, there's places for that, isn't there? But ultimately, when he challenged the Corinthians, he didn't say, I'll pray for you while you take, uh, I pray, pray uh, with you, with, with, that God will take away your quarreling and jealousy. He didn't say that, did he? He said, now sort it out. You, what is required is confession, repentance, submission, and resisting. Paul could not confess, repent, submit, or resist on behalf of the, of the Corinthians. You see, we have to do, and that's why we develop perseverance. That's where we develop strength. 
and reliance and faith in God. Um, in the natural, we understand that to, to be a to be stronger or to be fitter. It's no good saying, well, well let's have a, a magic wand or let's take a, a particular pill or let's even take drugs. Even the drug takers have got to exercise and put a bit of effort in to make themselves stronger and to make their, their stamina greater. And God longs us to be persevering, strong. He's always saying, take, take a stand firm. Stand firm. You have to do it. We have to do it ourselves. Now, course again not knowing who we are not knowing the basic truth you say can that be in 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 our day because we have so much um stuff to look at don't we we have so much there's no i suppose there's one sense there's no excuse we have we have um, tons of books tons of comedy we have youtube where you can see some of the greatest expositors of the world with the churches have ever ever seen and and even going back to the old people uh, before recordings and they've taken their sermons and put them online like Spurgeon and all those kind of people so there's no excuse in the sense of us not knowing but of course there is a difference in knowing in our mind and dropping 18 inches down into our heart isn't it um, that's a big difference. Um, I know I've got to forgive. <laughs> I know I've got to believe. I know I've got to turn to God. I know I've got to walk this way. But sometimes I'm, I'm, it's not in my heart. It's not my heart. Now, we must, again, inform our minds continually. Now, ignorance, um, in one sense, isn't an excuse. But Paul went to Ephesus in Acts 19. He said, now, did you receive the Holy Spirit uh, when you got saved? Oh, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit, they said. He said, come here then. Let's pray over you and baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He said to the Corinthian church, I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. So, you know, there's always learning. We're always learning. But those basic things, we've got to get depth into it. What does Hebrews 5 says? And this is another church that really didn't grasp. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teacher again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as we have need of milk, and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Remember we took that word reckon, reckon yourself dead, reckon yourself alive to Christ. It's um, reminding us, as remember first three sessions, who we are, who we are in Christ, whose we are in Christ, and what resources we have because we are his. And we need to continually t- recite those over our lives because the devil and the world will try and snatch those away you know, from our lives. And the Hebrews there, he says, look, how, 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 you're still meandering because you've not, and, and the word there is to exercise and to practice. And it talks about a habit, habits. And uh, we need to get good habits. But practicing, practicing, and uh, 
putting those into place. And of course, the trouble with the Hebrews, not just understanding the truth about who they were, righteous, uh, and God's righteousness, they were looking back, weren't they? And that's always a problem when we look back. Uh, Jesus, keep your eyes up. Keep looking ahead. Because generally when we look back, we look at the wrong things and we look with wrong eyes. Um, and uh, they, they'd lost their, their understanding of who they were. He said, don't go back to Judaism. That's old and that's gone. He said, we have a new covenant. They'd lost their truth about righteousness. And they need to build that into our lives. Remember we talked before about what is living, growing, dynamic discipleship, Christian living. Remember we said it's receiving, appropriation, formation, putting it into our lives. How do we make something real in our lives? Well, we do it. We're obedient to it. Jesus said, anyone who builds his house on a rock, how do we do that? And he says, to build your house on a rock is when you hear and obey. Now, you, you can hear but if you're not obeying it, you're on sand, he said. So we've, we, it's formation. And of course, then there's um, donation. We begin to give it away. The flow, we can't keep it. We are, we are, we're going to give it away. We're going to flow in it and begin to show other people. So um, knowing basic truth, Romans 8, 1 to 4. There is therefore no, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Again, understanding who we are. Um, dirty, useless, condemning. Well, no, what does the Bible says? No, in Christ there's no condemnation. In Christ there's no, we are accepted, we are significant, we have security, all because of him. And we need to, again, change our faulty thinking. Oh, David, I don't feel. Remember, we looked at our feelings. Nothing to do with feelings. We take all of our feelings and we put God's word in its place. Now, faulty thinking. Faulty thinking. Um, Hebrews 6, 1 to 2. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not to lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. You see, the writer of the Hebrews, he's calling Barnabas, I like Barnabas, um, saying, why are we doing the same things over and over? Look, he said, you've got to, you've got to get these into you. You've got, to, you've got to make sure you not just know them, but you believe them. They are part of you. They're part of your makeup. And uh, just taking Christ and who he is and what he's done, full stop. And of course, as we've looked at the, our steps in freedom, still sometimes we're carrying around unhelpful ways of thinking from our past strongholds, and we need to deal with them. Thankfully, God has said, He's given us the weapons. We can read it there. 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 4 and 5 is up, I think, as well. The weapons we fight with, with are not the weapons of this world. 
On the contrary, they are, are the very power of demolishing strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. If you read that, it's very clear, isn't it? Um, God has given us the, the weapons, but what does he say? We demolish every argument, every engine. We take captive every thought. There's personal responsibility, interaction. God has given us the, ben, uh, has given us the, uh, the resources. We have got to take responsibility. Say, Lord, you've given me it. The devil can come and say, well, Dave, I'm going to... No, I'm a child of God. Remember, we go back to the beginning. Remind ourselves who we are. Remind ourselves who he is. And take hold of those thinkings and, and uh, uh, strongholds and behaviors and characteristics and, and emotions and put them under God's word. Take authority over them. Remember, we go back to those three first three sessions. First one was, of course, our significant security and acceptance in Christ. Our section, session two, was all about Father God, who our God is. And uh, the last third one, again, is what we have in him, our resources, our cans, our cans in him. I can. Amen. Bless the Lord. Now, of course, that's all, all well and good. Um, but we break habitual habits of thinking. It takes time and effort. We have to replace lies with truth. Um, psychologists tell us we, we develop a habit in about six weeks. It's 40 days, give or take. We're like 40 days, don't we? What do they say? Sow a thought, reap an act. Sow an act, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. So we take hold of God's word and we apply it regularly, daily, all the time. Um, remember, we, um, we are training ourselves to know truth. We go back to um, where we talked about uh, those bank tellers years ago. They weren't shown counterfeit notes. They were just shown true notes. Why? Because they could recognize what was true. And anything that didn't, rec that didn't compare or they were not sure about, they didn't accept. And that's wonderful. Once we get into God's will, we know truth when we say God, and there's, there's, there's a teaching we're not sure about, um, or there's a little bit what we call, uh-uh, the Holy Spirit in us is saying, wait a minute, Dave, hold on there. Um, sometimes it's because we, we've never heard it, sometimes we don't know about it, sometimes it's just not true, or it's half a truth. Um, and you, if, depending, you, you, if you turn some, some Christian channels on, you will hear good truth. But then, it might not be so good. So then, that, it, that's why we need to know God's truth. So when something that's not quite true comes on, like when they say, Woo, you're going to be a millionaire. Now, I like that. That's a good truth. I can accept that. Um, but sadly, that's not what God's word says, does it? Now, God will supply my need. Bless the Lord. But my need is not for a million pounds. Now, if we're going to build a building, it might need be a million pounds, but it's not. So, you see, truth. We, we, we have all the truth, and then when something is not true, remember, the devil does not come with great lies, is he? He's sneaky. 
just a little bit off the beacon track, just a little bit, even to get us thinking differently or, or get us pursuing things that are not important. Sometimes we can uh, get caught up with a particular teaching. Be careful. Get caught up with the Lord, isn't it? The Lord is the most important. Knowing him, knowing him is the most important. We demolish all those things to grow, to grow. Again, personal responsibility um, involves us distinguishing from good and evil in all these things. And, of course, that's great to be around people who've walked this walk a bit longer. And they can say, ah, be careful there now, Dave. You don't want to go down that path. You don't want to be doing that. Because that's going to take you away. It's going to take you away. Now, you may think, well, what do they know about it? But wait a minute. They've been down the road a bit, bit further and further down. Just slow down. That's called humility then, isn't it? Learning from each other. Um, of course, when we began to look and, and, and break open our um, uh, steps to freedom, we began to see there were certain particular lies that we were believing um, that have been spoken over us, maybe, that we, we, we love to believe, we take comfort in sometimes, and we can do that uh, because it, it, we, we don't like change so much, do we? We like, we like finding comfort in, in where we are. But we've got to uncover lies. The devil is a liar, he's a deceiver, and um, we've opened those up. Unforgiveness, whatever it is, we need to confess it, need to deal with it. Um, Lies about ourselves, of course, about God himself, even about Satan. And uh, we just dug into those. Um, we looked at, when we, well, we should go through the steps one day because um, he says different things crop up when we, we begin to dig um, uh, our lives up. Like um, certain words appear in our lives, like stupid, he says. Well, some of us have been called stupid for the right reason, but some people have, that's all they ever heard, isn't it? And that's what they sometimes believe. Dirty, useless, inadequate, sometimes anger, sometimes right. What I mean that is I mean I'm always right. I can come up. Um, inferior, insecure, all these, these lies just come up when we begin to get in God's presence, we begin to dig deep, and they surface, 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 and God says, now, one by one, be careful uh, when you say, well, I'm going to take them all on at one time. No, 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 you'll be overwhelmed because we've, we've all got issues and we take them one step at a time. Take the main thing. When we began to look last week and we began to pray, Lord, reveal it, take the first thing. Take the main thing and then begin to look at it and we'll, we'll see how we're going to deal with it in a minute. Fear, well, of course, fear can paralyze us, can't it? Fear of this and fear of that and fear of the devil. Sometimes we're afraid of, of taking our stand against the devil or the devil. What does the Bible say? Uh, again, 1 John 4, 4. We are of God, little children, and have overcome because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. There we are. Sometimes we're afraid, but remember who we are. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The devil, now we don't make light of the devil. We don't bring him, neither would we diminish him. But let me say, when we're in Christ, he can't touch us. When we submit to God, we can resist the devil and he cannot touch us. Greater is he that is within us. So we are, our, um, our steps in freedom, our fear appendix, they call it. Let's take all of those fears. Fear of 
witnessing for him, fear of stepping out, fear of using the gifts of the Spirit, fear of of serving him, fear, 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 all built, fears are generally built on lies, which we've got to take hold of and throw away. Sometimes we're afraid of talking to people because we're worried about what they think of us. Well, that's a downright lie because it doesn't matter what anyone thinks of us. Save the Lord. Now, again, we don't go out of the way to be awkward and and uh, obnoxious, but we 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 looking to, for him for him and his his approval. Dealing with lies. Well, first thing is determining the lie. So, what is the lie that keeps coming up in your mind, in your heart? Find the lie. Then get out a concordance. You don't have to even get a concordance today. You can get on your Google search and say, um, for example, say it was forgiveness. Um, Put in uh, verses on forgiveness in the Bible and you'll find, bang, it'll come up and you'll have 25 verses or 15 verses or even 100 verses on forgiveness. If it's um, uh, victory over habits, you can put, again, victory verses from the Bible, and they'll come up. Now, what you need to do then is write them down. And again, as a habit, remember we talked about habits, is replacing those lies with the word of God. So you say, well, I renounce this lie that I am bound by this habit, or I am insecure, or I'm inferior, or I cannot forgive. You can, no matter what it is, put it there, whatever habit it is. And I replace it with the truth. I replace it with the truth. This man, um, you'll find it in your book, actually, somewhere, I think it's towards the end of this, this uh, session. He, he had a problem. He said whenever he, he wanted comfort, he used to eat. Comfort eating is called. Um, some must just eat to eat. Um, but, you know, it can be a real thing, can't it? Uh, you know, we, we find comfort somewhere. Um, and he said he, he realized it was an issue for him because every time, um, and he said he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't just take a couple of biscuits, he'd eat a couple of packets. Well, then there is an issue there, isn't there, um, uh, of self-control. And so he said, no, I really needed to look at this because this wasn't right. Cause I was looking to those things, that the food for comfort instead of the Lord. See how, how the devil, it re- we replace things that God wants. So he, he looked at some verses. You'll find the verses there. Proverbs 25. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who's, who lacks self-control. Then um, he said, I will not live by the Spirit. I will not gratify the sinful nature. Galatians 5. And he, 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 he talked about half a dozen verses there. And he said every day he renounced the lie of overeating for comfort. And he said, I will announce, Lord, that you... You, the God of all comfort and a feeling that will be my comfort. I will find refreshment and, and uh, uh, freshness. I think you've got the, the, the prayer there, haven't you? And he said, you know, over, over a period of, of those days, and again, we've got to be careful because we say, oh, I, I, I'm not making any headway. Look, continue to do it. Continue to do it. Um, read the Bible verses, declare it. Um, someone had this picture of um, trying to demolish a, um, a wall. And he had a big, what do you call him? The big balls? What do they call him? The, it's called a wrecking. Is it called a wrecking ball? A wrecking ball, anyway. So he said, he said 35, 36, 37 times, and the, and the wall wasn't shifting. Well, of course, it, to our naked eye, we wouldn't. But if we looked at, a, let's go and say, a molecular structure, I bet there were a lot of cracks going on in there. And 38 times, there a few cracks. 39. 
40, absolutely smashed to bits. And, but you see, if we'd stopped at 10 or 20, we would have thought, well, there's nothing going on here. Continue, continue. It's perseverance, taking hold of God's word, renouncing the lie, and filling your heart with truth. Filling our hearts with truth. That's the, the real key. And we demolish those strongholds. This is what he said. What if we had a, a, um, a habit or struggle with pornography? And uh, it's going to take a long time to dismantle, he said. And, and, and the trouble is with our minds. Our minds never forget, do they? Oh, what we see, what we, is always in there. And he said, and, and we want it to be clear straight away. But he said, That's not, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a long time. And this is, he said, he, he used this as an example. He said, if you've got a, um, a mug of coffee by the side and, and it's dark, it's black, and it's like your, your thoughts, it's like that. He said, and then to the side of it, you have um, uh, uh, ice cubes, ice cube, which is called the word of God. And you, you want to tip that in to dilute it and, and clear it. He said, but it doesn't work like that. Day by day, you take an take a, a ice cube and drop it in. And he said, over time, the, it dilutes. So the taste and the smell and the sight of the coffee is gone now, he said, be careful. It's no good, he said, put in one ice cube in and then uh, one porn magazine or one porn website. He said, that doesn't work. He said, you've got to get rid of it all. And he says, he, he gives some practical helps. He says, um, you know, it's sometimes good to have a prayer brother or sister, someone, we, someone who will put a hand on us and say, how do you do this week? Because that will hold us fast as well. That will hold us um, to, to, to keep our commitment to knowing him and being released in him. Um, taking a long-term view. Again, as we said, don't be overwhelmed. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. And of course, if we do it over 40 days, you can, you can, take, you can, have, you can have a go at eight or nine things in a year, can't you? Those things that are really bothering us and we can really um, demolish those attitudes, behaviors, habits, characteristics, uh, those wrong thinking. Uh, what does Philippians say? Philippians 3. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet wanting to but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is in there. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me everyone in Christ Jesus. Thankfully, Jesus says, look, come on, press on. Paul says, look, I've still got things to do, but the things I, and of course sometimes we, we take that forgetting the things behind it as things he's done wrong. It's not what he's saying, actually. He says, the things I've already, already done, he said, I forget those because it's not going to help me. But I'm pressing on. There's more things to be, there's greater things to be done. There's more fruit to be seen. There's more ministry to be done. And I'm forgetting those things behind. And again, remember, listen to what he's saying. You press, I press. You forget. You put those things behind you. And we have a long-term plan, what, to know him and to be like him. Um, that's why we come together. What is Ephesians 4? We just read it. We have the ministry gifts to equip us. Uh, so we, we edify the body. So we have unity. There's maturity. There's completeness. There's perfection. So we're no longer children tossed back and forth 
Oh, inconsistent. What, what are the signs of immaturity? Here's a few. Inconsistency, unreliable, unstable, instability, stagnant, drifting, looking back, lacking of urgency, going back to our old ways, looking around to other teachers, careless, neglectful, continuing in the old teachings and pressing on. Of course, what is maturity? It's totally opposite. Reliability, faithfulness, consistency, urgency, focused, not thinking. We put childish things behind us. We're moving on to the deeper, deeper truths and we're overcoming. We're more fruitful. Oh, what a beautiful picture. A beautiful picture. And to be practical. To be practical. Um, of course, um, you can find other, other literature with this this guy and another guy, devotionals, of course. Make yourself accountable to somebody. And you've got the book. Read it again. Go through it again. It's amazing, again, like God's word, when we do it, we read it a second time, we find more things. So the Lord will speak to us on a different issue, on a different something else in our lives. Why? Because God is in the business of changing our character. And that's a real problem because... Uh, in our world today, we love, uh, and, the, and the church sadly has, has fallen into that category, uh, we call it charisma, don't we? Um, someone with ability, someone with, uh, the, he's, oh yes, he, he's he charismatic and he's got all this. And char charisma is just God's gift to us. And um, the sad things we put him into this place, and I'm just reading about a guy the other day, big church, youngish chap, younger, well he was, he's younger than me, so he's young. Um, but I wonder if they put him in too early. Great charisma, but it's fallen. Fallen. Because it's character. It's interesting when, when Paul is, is saying about people who should be doing things, look at their character first. Even those who waited on the table. He says, what's their reputation? Find out if they're good men of upright character. And of course, when you read uh, of those elders and deacons, it, it's nothing to do with gifting, really, or apart from being able to teach. Otherwise, it's all about character, all about becoming more like him. And that's what the Lord wants. We are free because of what Christ has done. That's a position. Don't have to fight for that. We receive it. We are free. Now, to grow in that and grow in him, that's taking time. That's going to take difficulties and problems. And we don't like those, but that's the only way God can make us stronger and more reliant upon him. Let's read our last verses. We love these verses. 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. 1 all of us, I think, yeah, every one of us here has had children. And it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what time it is, when that baby's hungry, you're going to know about it. Now, you'll try and, and try and deceive them by putting a dummy in, won't you? Keep them quiet for like five minutes. And then they spit it out and begin to cry again. There's, a, there's an absolute craving that will only be satisfied with milk and, and with, with that food. And, and God says, be like that. Crave my word. Crave my presence. And, and remember we talked, I think Wayne must have said it a long time ago. When, when we drink and we eat as humans, when we are satisfied, aren't we? And we, we don't need to eat and drink again for a while. Uh, but you know, when we are thirsty for God, we drink. 
And we just want to carry on drinking. And there's that perpetual thing. The more we do something for the Lord, the more we want to do it. The less we do, the less we want. It's the same as coming to church or praying or reading the Bible or whatever it is for the Lord. The more we do, the more there's, a, there's an appetite. And that, of course, then is, is habit. Then it's a good habit. It's a good habit. But the God, Lord wants us to grow, doesn't he? What a Grow. Grow in faithfulness, he says. Grow in love. Grow in grace. Grow in knowledge. Grow in perfection. Growing his word. Grow in and grow up into him. Bless his name. Thanks be to God who doesn't want us to stay as we are, but wants us to be uh, mature so we can be useful. Useful. Otherwise, we will just, we will grow old, but we won't grow up. And uh, God doesn't want that. He wants us to be like that. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.